Welcome in. This is 300 Yards to Unknown. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Skylar Hoke, who is going to help us continue our ongoing Ryder Cup series. Kyle Porter, uh, in a previous episode, picked the United States team. And Sky, I couldn't think of anyone better to bring on to just hand over the keys to the European squad to you, my friend. Welcome. Well, I appreciate it, Rick. It's uh, it's an honor to be on, uh, you know, your podcast here. Kyle left uh, some some balls out there to play with. I'm, I'm excited. You know, no Brooks, no Bryson. Okay, I'm ready for that line to start shifting my way. You know, you underdog. Go. We'll see. Um, but no, I'm excited. The Ryder Cup years are always the best, so I'm glad they can get to it. Yeah, only a couple of weeks away at this point. It's going to get here before we know it. It's whistling straight. It's on. It's on American soil. But the the European squad, they have just Whatever the formula is, and I don't know what it is, uh, they have seemed to figure it out because uh, they, they just seem to win more of these than they should. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at exactly what played out, I mean, the last time we saw the the Ryder Cup, um, that since I've been into the golf space, into the golf world, you know, we, we saw the big bad Americans seemingly could not be beat, you know, for the months leading in. And then by the time the, you know, day two rolled around, it was like, there wasn't a chance. It was um, unbelievable what they displayed. I mean, the course, I think that's ultimately going to be a big factor this year. I mean, playing in France, like they did at Le Golf National, you know, that was set up as perfectly as it could be to take away the, the Americans' biggest weapons. Uh, whistling straights, I'd imagine is not going to be um, that same style. So I think there does have to be a little bit, and maybe that is the dynamic is, the European team does a little bit better from a course fit perspective. We saw that really well. Obviously, it's not the same, but the President's Cup played out in kind of that yes. manner, um, you know, with some of those guys kind of looking at the analytics side of things. Maybe that's the edge, but um, I think they have to play what's uh, in front of them. I was actually pretty impressed with Ernie Els's ability to be analytical, to be strategic. He knew they were big dogs. It it took a while, but uh, the the Americans finally prevailed. I I think you're on to something that I've thought about before, which is we talk we spend a lot of oxygen right now and we're going to do it today on who's going to make the team and who's not going to make the team when i actually think the bigger story is the course and how it gets set up because that should really start to make team decisions because that the course comes first the the picking the team to fit the course should come second yep yep and that's exactly it and i guess at the end of the day you I mean, the, the European tour side, we'll talk about, you know, 75% of that team is based off of, you know, rankings, European points, world points, but there's only three captains picked. So again, less of what you're really able to manipulate. And yeah, I think working on the pairings, how they complement each other and, and deciding the best way to attack it is just a, a more of a preparation. I feel like that's just what it seems like every single time compared to just show up and be the best players in the world, which gets it done at a PGA tour event when you're, you're individuals. And I thought what you and Kyle talked about too, where I, I guess, you know, Harrington is a competitor of these guys and they teed up with them, but it is, I think viewed a, a little bit differently than the mentor, um, you know, on the European tour side, when they, when they look up to him, they respect that. And it's not competing against Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, you know, those type of things. I thought that was a valid point. Yeah. Check your ego at the door and fall in line for a couple of days and see, yep. see what happens. See if we can hoist, uh, hoist the trophy. So you, you mentioned this, this is really important because, um, the, the European tour does this a bit differently. And the way that they do it is they start with European points and they take the, the, uh, first four golfers in European points, which as of this moment would be John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Roy McElroy. Then they flip over to the world points and they take the next five that aren't already qualified. So that would include at this moment, Hovland, Casey, Fitzpatrick, Westwood, Shane Lowry. And then that leaves the captain in this case, Patty Harrington with three remaining picks. So you're not going to be uh, constrained by, by those, uh, by those uh, uh, qualifications, but do you like this? I mean, this, it gives, it gives the captain a little less say in who's going to be on his team, but in theory, it would give you guys who are playing better. We've just seen this backfire at times where somebody mm -hmm. wins something big. They're the last qualified spot. They haven't been playing. Well. Like, do you like the way that they do this better than the American side? Um, I think I do. Um, it's just more, 
I guess at the end of the day, we we love getting involved with small sample sizes when it yeah. comes to to golf and, and betting on it and seeing somebody go low on Sunday. And then it's like, OK, you know, that that's the guy we want on the Ryder Cup. And, you know, these really look at a, a two year qualification period. I mean, the last time Shane Lowry won the Open Championship, you know, that feels like forever ago when thinking about how much some of these points matter, you know, in the lead up. I mean, there's golfers who are out of form that. I struggled with deciding in or out on, but looking at their past histories that they've done at Ryder Cups, you know, seeing their game styles, you know, you see somebody like Victor Perez, if you scroll down a little bit on that world ranking, who's yes. just one slot out, say he wins at Wentworth in a couple of weeks, he's going to have an automatic bid and he realistically hasn't done anything in quite some time. Um, I mean, last week on the European tour was a, a weaker field where he played better, but we haven't seen much out of him since before the Masters. So when you know we have a, a long time to accumulate points, I think you do get the better players, and maybe that arguably they, they just show up um, when it matters compared to somebody who's riding you know the, the hot sticks leading in. Okay, the hot sticks leading in. Let's let's get this underway. Let's start with just a couple of a couple of layups here. The first the first guys on your squad. It's a really top heavy team. Let's go, Captain Sky. Let's start making some picks here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's four, I would say, right away that stood out to me that, I mean, of course, they're automatic qualifiers, but they also are, you know, the best players in the world right now, John Rahm being number one. Sure. Um, that is, you know, hopefully from from his standpoint, I, I mean, he's getting to a maturity level that, you know, he's obviously going to be, you know, the, the, the main guy on this team for, for Ryder Cups to come that he can maybe play more of that role. It's tough because you do have so many more, so many veterans. But if you think of the, the European Justin Thomas, that kind of young leader, Rom's now kind of settling in that role, hopefully. Um, next one, I mean, you can't argue with, with Rory McElroy having to, to be that, that side of it, more of a, a veteran leader. I mean, my favorite part about Rory, uh, we got to see it at the Olympics too, but is, is him being hatless in these events. You know, yes. hatless Rory, you know, he, he jumps up in rankings. So I think, you know. You know the, these two, these two are uh, going to be staples for a long time. These two are seemingly, and it, it is interesting because if this team ends up having a Shane Lowry and a Lee Westwood and an Ian Poulter, I mean, that, that veteran level experience is great. However, I think there's something different when you have a guy like a John Rahm, like a Rory McIlroy, who's not only leading the clubhouse, but might play every single session and might win every single point. I mean, it's just, it's just different. It, it is like, let me, let me tell you how it's going to be off the course. And let me show you how it's going to be on the yep. course. Yep. hundred percent. And those two, like you mentioned, I mean, Rahm being the best player in the world right now, like far and away. Um, you know, you hope this is an opportunity where he'd go out there and take three, four, I mean, even five points if he wants to sweep it. You know, he he has that same opportunity. So that's one and two. I think three and four to me, um, you know, in the similar sense of what we get to see with John Rahm, um, you know, Victor Hovland now gets to make his debut. And, and similar to the Morikawa side of things, I just can't wait for these kids to to get a chance. And of, of courses, whistling straights in, in Hovland's driving ability, I think it's just, it's made in heaven. Yeah, Hovland is. Uh, I I think he's special, right? I think he's really special. I'm not sure that's much of a hot take. He's he's been phenomenal. He's got three worldwide wins already. But now you're right, and I I kind of mentioned this to Kyle too because of the extra. And this was weird at the Open Championship, right? Because we had Morikawa, who I don't remember what he was ranked at the time, but like making his debut at the Open Championship as mm -hmm. like a top seven player in the world, just because uh, how quickly these guys have have come onto the world stage because we were delayed a year. Now it's like, Oh my God, it's like, they're making their debut. How, this is now different. This is now something else that we're going to see them in. And to their credit, Scott, like they've, they've answered every question up to this point. Oh, yeah. I imagine they're going to continue to answer questions, but I am so give me a Sunday Morikawa versus Hovland match. Oh. I need it. I need it. Yep. And I think it's kind of nice because they're both a little bit silent assassins in the sense that we don't see so much emotion out of them. Maybe we do get that opportunity to get a big fist pump with the crowd going. I think when we get into our pods and pairings, um, I'm excited actually with who I have Victor lined up with um, because, you know, I want to see that that a little bit more come out of them in this moment. Fourth one, I mean, I, I'm continuing to go down, uh, you know, on the chalk list, but um, 
Paul Casey has arguably had the most underrated season of anyone across the world. You know, he's a top five player in the world with what he's done, you know, regardless, I mean, one win in, in, in Euro, um, you know, in a decent event, but you can just almost chalk him in for, for a top eight finish. It feels like every single week teeing it up. So yeah, I think he's just such a staple. He's his PGA tour stats have been phenomenal and that doesn't even include the victory that you're referring to. So, I mean, it really is someone who's underrated, who's flying under the radar. When you look at your start, John Rom, Roy McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Paul Casey, there, there is no question about the top of the board for the European team. These guys can compete against the, the, any of the top, whatever guys on, on the American side. So, so, so far we're square. I, I think we're going to have some more questions when we get into depth, but you are starting with what I think is, is really a murderer's row of combination of young talent, young, exciting, great top players. And you throw Casey in there. Rory's got like that veteran acumen. Like it, it is, this is a great core to start with. Oh yeah. Yep. And it's, I mean, no ways you chop around it. There's not anyone you worry from an ego standpoint, you know, you don't have to, you know, avoid two guys being in the same room that are our top, you know, 10 players in the world. So I think, you know, the buy-in level. So there, but it does, I wouldn't say get hairy, but (laughs) it's from, from five to 12, you know, you can make a counter argument to, to each of them. And that's where, I mean, obviously you make the selections and there's guys that are automatically qualified. I mean, there's my, my fifth pick would be, would be Hatton at this point, um, okay. you know, from, and again, if you look at his has to be stretched out more, you know, I mean, he's now what uh, he touched, I think the top eight player in the world was potentially the best seventh. Actually, I think he got to fifth at one point, but that recent form hasn't been as consistent as you would like it to be his major, I guess at the end of the day, we do question, in the big moment, we haven't seen him show up as much, you know, are there major championships where Hatton has been in the mix? Um, not really, not, you not know, really. so that's, yeah. but I, I do love what his emotions bring. Um, I think that ultimately does bring out hopefully the best in these situations. I mean, the last time we saw him, um, what well, I think he, I guess he was top 20 at the, the St. Jude, but open championship, us open, nothing. It's a, a more resume of what he's done, you know, over the last couple of years. It gets him locked in. I mean, there's no way a team is happening without Hatton. But um, is he somebody who I could see potentially flopping? Um, he, that's my worry. When I don't think you have the fifth pick, worried about flopping as much on the U.S. side. He's. He's the next factor. Um, I think I described Colin Morikawa that way just because I didn't know what we were going to get out of him, but like kind of similar to Terrell Hatton. You know, I, yeah. I think he's got all the upside in the world. You, you take uh, multiple victories worldwide in the last couple of years, but then you offset that with hasn't really played particularly well at major championships. And then you say, okay, well, he hasn't really played all that great this, this summer, a couple of flashes, but he's got a couple of events to, to go to kind of get into shit. It's just, he's the X factor. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised to see him go out and earn the European side a ton of points. And to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he flopped. And that's that's kind of where we're at. Like I'd be stunned if Rom flopped. I'd be stunned yeah. if Rory flopped. I'd be stunned if Casey flopped. I would not be stunned about Terrell Hatton. So mm-hmm. to me, he's he's your biggest X factor to this point, and he's your fifth man in. Yep. And I mean, the last time we saw him, so 2018, you know, he was one and two on that, that winning Ryder Cup team. What was really cool, actually, when they did win in France, every single player on that team had a, at least one point, I which is, that. you know, you don't obviously see that very, very often. So, um, you know, mediocre experience, I guess, going one and two, but I think he's, he's locked into that spot. And again, as you continue on, um, it, it gets a little bit hard from the sense of there's, Guys that are deserving on this team because of pedigrees. Um, and I'm, oh, yeah. e- even me wanting recent form, wanting things like dialing into what has been successful. I, I think you're going to have to fill this back end with guys that I'm not betting on week in and week out right now, you know, on, on the PGA yeah, tour. There's, there's two guys. There are two guys that I don't know what to do with. We won't mm-hmm. we won't spoil where they fall in yet unless yeah. you're ready to bring them on the team. But I mean it's Sergio, I'm not yet. No. Yeah, it's Sergio and Justin Rose. Th- those are the two for me that I'm like love the veteran savviness. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have too many veterans. Like who knows what this team yeah. is going to look like, but you, I, I have big question marks. So we'll, we'll see as we get closer. We've got five guys on the team right now. Rom, yeah. Rory, Hovland, Casey Hatton, sixth man in looks like who? I, I think it's Fitzpatrick. Okay. Um, 
just rock solid, you know, on all aspects of his game. I think his, when I think about him and what his course fits are is different than what his profile obviously is, you know, small little skinny kid who's actually one of the better off the tee, you know, specialists in the world, surprisingly. Yes. Um, You know, better distance you'd think above average accuracy, which is a a great combination to have a whistling straight, you know, again, I'm not, profiling him just on a course fit he's done enough to qualify race to Dubai champion or or i guess runner up to westy last year um with it yeah but, and he won he won that final event of the year that yeah. clinched it for mm-hmm. westwood right okay yeah yeah so so i mean his his building up is definitely enough you know we've seen him around leaderboards again on the pga tour you're still waiting for i guess that that hatton-esque win that hatton mm-hmm. did at the api to build in these points but I, this team doesn't happen without without Matthew Fitzpatrick. And I think that he is, I think he's infinitely parable, right? I think he's kind of a low-key guy. I think he doesn't care who he plays with. I think the fact that he's not going to get you in any trouble off the tee is important. I think that he can get a hot putter, which is also critical here. I, I agree with you. There's no chance this team exists without Matt Fitzpatrick on it. And I think he's a good team member, right? Because we have to start considering that yep. at some point too. And that's going to start breaking ties for you, I imagine, as we start getting into golfers seven and eight. Let's let's see where we go from here. Yep. Uh-huh. And I think this is where... I guess you mentioned too that what we'll definitely talk on um, the next, I guess the next one for me is, is very locked in in, in Shane Lowry. Um, okay, cool. So Lowry, again, from a profile standpoint, I think his off the tee consistency uh, almost in a different way than Fitzpatrick, you know, a little bit longer, um, you know, you'd imagine, I, I guess when I think about his year, I mean, of course, you know, I guess two years, the open championship, is such a you know heavy weight in what he has done, but he's been relatively consistent all of 2021. Not with exceptional finishes, but I mean, I think it's al- almost like 70% of his finishes since the Masters, or even just before, have been like all top 25s. You know, we've seen uh, a lot of just week in and week outs. He's not missing cuts. You know, he's not blowing up, but he's not technically seeing himself in the mix when it comes on Sunday. But, I mean, you'll see the pairing that we have with him a little bit later on that I think is a lot of fun. That's what I'm um, interested in. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Has been, he's been, uh, he has not lost strokes on approach in a measured event since the API. That was in March. I mean, he's been really solid there. I, I question the driver, um, but the rest of his game, I'm, I'm yeah, not that driver about. recently has, has been, I mean, the, at the Olympics, it was horrible yeah. and problematic um, yeah and that's normally what the backing of his game had been for so long as week in a week out he was one of the better or more consistent drivers i agree um but yeah if we're stretching out long samples i just again th- this is where you could put anybody probably seven eight nine ten eleven twelve um i think those top six that we locked in are, are rather strong and I, and I actually think the next pick for me, because okay. uh, this is nine, right? We're on the no, we're on eight. eight. I have, eight. I have eight. Number eight, yeah. Okay, because we okay. So I think this actually comes from um, a wild card pick for me when it comes to pure rankings right. of who's automatically qualified. Um, and again, when it comes to team, when it comes to emotion, when it comes to what I actually want on this team, and a lot of these guys are really good ball strikers. Um, Short games can be intermittent from a, from a couple of them, and I think when it matches up this pair a little bit later on, I can't wait for Ian Poulter to be back at the Ryder Cup. <laughs> this is um, this to me. I, I I'm just envisioning him going full scorched earth again. I yeah. mean, it, it is it, it's almost comical at this point. I'm I'm guilty of this myself, where I'm like, well, it's a Ryder Cup year. Here comes Poulter, but sure enough. Here comes Poulter. Played well in Memphis uh, yep. a couple of weeks ago. He's made a bunch of cuts. He's he's. Pro- I I think he's going to play very well at at Liberty National and kind of yep. just continue this momentum into uh, into what is going to be the fall. But um, to me, when I so when I originally looked at this a couple of weeks ago. You know, I had a lot of questions around what what was going to happen with Rose, Sergio, and Poulter because to me they were like three 
staples of this team that probably should or could be on it, but I wasn't thrilled with the way they've been playing. And to me, Poulter uh, has played much better, has started to answer a lot of the questions that I had about him. Uh, I, I agree. I, I would not be picking this team at all without without the presence uh, of Ian Poulter on it. So that's that's where we stand, Sky. Rom, Rory, yep. Hovland, Casey, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Poulter. We're through eight. We've got four four picks to go for Captain Scott. Yeah, and I, I mean to your point, I think that 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 knob that knob has been turned from. I mean, if you look back, I think it's from the Wells Fargo Championship. We haven't seen him lose strokes to the field, and a lot of it is on the short game. And I do think the match play situations, uh, a short game, a really good putter, is either one of the most frustrating things or one of the things that can save you. I mean, we've seen how many he's buried in those situations, so that's the most reliable short. I mean, Rom's also an incredible putter too, but um, I, I think that um, being able to, to have that reliability is just so big. So moving it, on, I think yeah, it's nine. real quick. I just want to yeah, say, um, I'm trying to think of what I was uh, like. No one wants to play Ian Poulter, right? Like no. there is not an American who's like, I'll take him. It's just like, yep. oh boy, like it's it, it, and that's a thing, and it's a real thing, especially in match play. And he's going to get everybody mm-hmm. all lathered up. The the, the crowds, it's it's going to be a yep. thing, and yep. and I can't wait for it. All right, sorry, sorry. I mean, he came into terrible form to the match play and and played really well. You know, like it's just almost a given in that situation. Yeah. Um, nine for me. I struggle with this one because this is where the form actually. I think I almost question. And maybe I'm being too harsh on him because it's, I guess the last couple of events are bad, but he found a consistent earth stretch midsummer with nothing challenging, but enough out of the irons, I guess, to be better than field average. But what Tommy Fleetwood did at the last Ryder cup was, was magical. You know, Molly would, unfortunately, I mean, there's no chance I'm picking Francesco as a wild card. Um, So we can't, we can't continue that. Um, but this is where I guess the team buy-in the, I'm still okay with the experience with, you know, just that level of confidence that we saw out of Tommy. Um, it's there. I mean, the results maybe haven't been near as well. I mean, he hasn't had a top 10 since the, I think it actually would have been the match play. Yeah. So it's been a while for him, but when we get into this range, again, I think the people that are outside of the the qualifiers, which Tommy is, he's going to be on the team. You know, he, he's automatically qualified in because his results, primarily actually on the European tour over the last couple of years. But, um, you know, he's, he's going to be in. But of guys of recent form, he is definitely the one for me that I have the most question marks about. I agree. I did. I did not know what you were going to do with him. I assumed he's going to be on the team because he's, as you mentioned, he's an automatic qualifier. A lot of what we saw in fr- that go- it goes a long way. Um, I I don't know what I would do with him. I mean, I would I would put him on my team too, but I I don't think I would be thrilled. I think that I'm banking on a lot of good vibes and good pairings and him figuring it out and just the raw talent. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it has not, and he'll be the first to tell you this. It hasn't been like a good year for, for Tommy Fleetwood and maybe there's some magic that he can pull here, but I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what to expect out of him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just peak Fleetwood of, of a lot of these guys, I think peak Fleetwood's the best. I mean, we've seen him excel at, I guess, what would you say the most comparable course? I mean, I think of Aaron Hills kind of in this area, sure. you know, I guess Aaron Hills, Tommy kind of relatively out of nowhere showed up um, and, and gave a little bit of a run there. I mean, it's not exactly what whistling straights will be, but I think peak Tommy, which we haven't seen in a long time does, you know, drive the ball exceptionally well and can show up in these moments. So I think that's when I, when I stop asking questions, I guess he, He's the one that I, I'm still, no matter what, he's going to be on the team. Okay. I've got nine. My count says nine. Rom, Rory, Hovland, Casey Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Poulter, Fleetwood. That leaves you with three picks. And now this, this is where I think it gets really interesting. I've got, um, I'm going to write down who I think you're going to pick here. So hold on. I'll do this. I'll do this. I, and- I got my, I think I'm getting emotional as I'm going through this. And I, I okay, just sent somebody out, sub somebody back in. <laughs> Oh, did you? Oh boy. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to think you go with, okay. Uh, 
I think I've, the next the one for me, yeah. the ahead. next one for me, um, I could have almost picked over Tommy because I, I think I disagree a little bit with what you said earlier. Um, I like what Sergio has done recently. Okay. Um, just from, I guess, the the core suitability. I mean, if you look at his off the tee, he literally hasn't lost strokes to the field all, all year. Yes. I guess maybe the Players' Championship might have been the one uh, where he lost strokes to the field. But he's like a, a top two, three driver in the world right now. And of course profiling, when I'm looking at comparing him to just say Justin Rose, so you compared to him to earlier, um, that the games flip. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, for it's, sure. For sure. And what do you want here? I, I think I'd, I'd prefer the prolific driver compared to uh, the, the short game of Rose. I actually think the good news, uh, and Sergio is on my list, that, who I thought you would pick. Okay. I, I, I think that um, the formats that we're going to get and match play, I think that's better for Sergio. Mm-hmm. I think when you start... Giving yourself, listen, he's a phenomenal ball striker. He's one of the worst putters on the PGA Tour, and he usually cannot overcome the putting. Uh, But when you give yourself, you know, a 20-footer and you know you have to make it, or a 10-footer and you know you have to make it, I think it goes a long way to freeing him up to be quite honest yeah. and knowing I don't, I don't have to worry about the next putt because there is, I make it and I went, you know, like it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I also think that uh, when we get to alternate shot, I guess technically you only have to take half the putts or whatever it's going to end up being. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just, I think it's a better situation for him. We saw him make a deep run at the match play. So I certainly, um, I mean, when I was going through this, like Sergio made my team too. It, 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 mm-hmm. I just, I, I just have a lot of concerns, but that's not unique to him. And I think this is one of the better formats for him. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and again, that, that off the tee, I mean, it's just, it's out of this world with, with how good it has been. Um, and the interesting part too, is he came into the 2018 Ryder cup with just pretty putrid form. He was kind of gifted a captain's pick and ended up gaining three points that week for them three and one. And though that's, I almost feel like we don't see that on the American side often, you know, it might be, just say, I, I mean, Sergio, I don't know who would you compare that pick to if, if maybe Phil got a spot or something mm-hmm. like that's maybe yeah. a little bit too extreme. I guess Sergio's is it? Masters I don't know. Is it? Yeah, right. I, that might be a good comp. So, I mean, there's no way Phil's getting four matches if he's if he's on the team, you know, instead right. of these guys threw him out there, you know, to, to get the opportunity and, and he showed up. Mm. Here's Sky's team, European team so far. Rom, Rory, Hovland. Casey Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Poulter, Fleetwood, Sergio Garcia. And there are two picks left. Uh, I've written down where I think you're going. So let's, let's, let's uh, add one more to this team. All right. The 11th pick. Um, I do believe in grooming for the future. I do believe it's important to get these guys experience. I do think being in the same room um, is, is just, is huge for these guys. I mean, eating up practice rounds, being around the the captains, the coaches, and, and seeing what it is. And the most deserving newcomer to the stage, obviously outside of, of Hovland, is, is Robert McIntyre, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and what McIntyre does best is he's an unbelievable driver of the golf ball, too. There was a quote that will forever stick with me that happened at the Scottish Open. I follow, I, I've been following McIntyre since kind of his rise from the Challenge Tour where he was in contention really early on in the European tour um, events. And so I follow all these like Scottish writers and different things. And um, McIntyre played a practice round with Will Zalatoris. And Zalatoris was quoted after the round and said, he's the best driver I have ever seen. Which is wow. just, you know, again, coming, maybe I read into too much of, of what player player speak is you know i, I believe that morikawa wasn't going to hit his irons well at the open championship you know, like <laughs> we we yeah. uh tend to get a little bit too much into what they say um but it was just neat to hear that and i think he's done enough has he gotten over the line enough to you know really say he's 
to the pedigree that I'd want him to be at. No, I mean, one European tour win to his name, but the open championship is as big of an event that the McIntyre will ever play in his life. Next year will be incredibly huge for him being in his country. And, um, you know, he delivered both times with top 10 finishes. And there's something to be said about that. He made the cut on the number this year and had that weekend put together. Um, he's playing in the corn Ferry tour finals, uh, this week, he's starting that. So he's chasing his PGA tour card, which I think is very, uh, very fun to see for him. Um, so I think McIntyre is definitely deserving of a spot on the team and, and he fits whistling straight so well with that driver. I couldn't agree more. He's, he's on the team, uh, which leaves us with one pick remaining. And just to kind of go through who is available and I'm sorting, sorting by the world points here. So Victor Perez is available. Uh, Guido is available. Burned is available. Justin Rose is available. Thomas Dietrich, Danny Willett. I can't imagine we're going too far down this list. Calum Hill just moved up in a big way. And then Richard Bland rounds out the top 20. So this, this is it. Uh, there is one, there is one pick remaining sky. Uh, it is yours to make. You are the captain. I'm two for two on writing down who I thought you were going to go with. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I've got the last guy. <laughs> So do we want to rule out people? Do we want to talk about who I'm sure. like? Who, who, who did not make, who did not make this team for you? Yeah. So I think the, the, there's one wild card that you didn't even read off that I think actually would be really, really good here. So I'll, I'll put him, he's not my pick, Okay. but I, I actually think that one of the most talented golfers in the world who did incredibly well at the 2016 Ryder Cup, where he actually led the European tour team at Hazeltine in points, who just delivers on a couple big stages. Um, Olympics, he was fourth. I guess the last time he was up there after a couple of days. I think Thomas Peters would be an excellent fit for this course. He doesn't have enough right now. You would have to. And what's interesting, I guess, the guys that are going to do well at the FedEx Cup probably are all on a Ryder Cup team or in the mix there. But we do have Wentworth coming up on the European tour schedule after the FedEx um, finishes. And for those that don't know, the BMW championship or BMW PGA championship is the biggest event on the European tour calendar year. Um, and it probably will provide an opportunity for somebody if they win it to mm. really have a chance at being a, a selection of it. Kind of steal, kind of steal one of those late in the game. Yeah. So if he wins that, um, I would absolutely put him in the mix. So that would be my far out wild card. Interesting. Okay. The next one that I would progressively go up to would be Lee Westwood. Okay. Um, I love Westy. Um, Westy Island, you know, is something that, you know, we'd like to see come through for all these major championships that he has, you know, found himself kind of on the outside looking in. Um, but he's, he's guaranteed he's going to be, yeah, so he, he's he's really the one guy that will be on the team that you have you have passed on. Yeah, yeah, he he would not be selected for me. Um, I just there's just not enough there. I mean, we haven't seen anything realistically out of him for me at least. And I guess maybe I made an excuse for Westy or for Fleetwood on it. I mean, we and since the players and API those back to back weeks. You know, and then I guess he won the race to Dubai to end 2020. It, 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 there hasn't been anything. There hasn't been a better finish than T18. And that was at the match play, which I guess T18 isn't even advancing out of your It's not out of your technical, You know what I mean? So yeah. he hasn't had a top 20 finish realistically since, you know, he went back to back, you know, battling Bryson on those Sundays. So I think there's enough veteran presence still already on this team that, I don't need to, to have Lee Westwood um, there. So then I, I really wrestled with this last one. Um, so this is the this, last guy who did not make the team? Yeah, and he was on yeah. my team when we, when we launched this show. Oh, no. and, okay. and I, but, I, but I thought about this a little bit more, and I, I look at, you know, from gearing up for future, future years and understanding what this team is going to be, and building up to who I think is going to be on this team in future years. Do you know where the next Ryder Cup's at? Ooh, uh, I did before. Oh boy, no, I don't. Okay, I'm not going to say it yet. Wait, this is this. It's going to play on. in. No, wait, I actually hold on. I think it's in. So if if I'm pretty sure uh, I know where it's at, and then I also think I know who your last guy is. So okay. I think it's oh, in Rome, isn't it? Okay. It's in Rome. Okay, it's in yeah. Rome. So oh, if you sorry. think about future years, okay. <laughs> um, 
and you understand a little bit about building the team and kind of having this experience. And again, I, I don't expect this player to probably play more than one, two match. I mean, you wouldn't have expected some of the guys, I feel like looking back, I didn't really remember Fjord Bjorn Olsen the last time, you know, we played the 2018 Ryder Cup was on the team. You know, Good like point. Th- there are some of these guys that fill out the roster. So the last selection um, that I, I would leave off is the guy who three putted 18 is now not playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs and probably going to maybe affect his his chance on the Ryder Cup. Honestly, and that's Justin a good point. Rose. Yeah, Justin you know, Rose. I mean, he the the reason I really I mean he's probably going to be on the team if they I mean I don't know if they're going to figure it out differently than I am but if you want to pair some of these really strong ball strikers with above average elite putters you know Rose does have that in his bag of tricks more than others do I mean he literally almost won some big time events based off of just short game recently when he was in zero type of form he does have that capabilities but um I think when I I guess get the, I guess the Wyndham was good, 10th place, right? I mean, he was good at the PGA Championship. But again, everything is just so short game driven that yes. I prefer Poulter in that spot. I, I, don't, I don't think it's even close when you compare Poulter and Rose. Um, that if I want to think about why I want this team and how I want to set myself up as a captain, I don't think I need another one of those veteran guys um, in this situation personally. I'm um, I'm in lockstep with you here. Rose is a guy that I think his his results have been boosted by some unsustainable short game uh, results, and uh, he doesn't move the needle for me as much. And I think to your other point, I think he'll be on the team. I, I think I think he's going to be on the team. I, I think yeah. that's more likely than not, or at least he's the favor uh, a favorite to be on the team as opposed to not be on the team. Uh, but he would not make it if I was the captain. So that leaves us with uh, the man that I think you are grooming for Rome, uh, which mm-hmm. has to be. Go ahead, reveal it to the world. It, it has to be Guido Migliazzi, man. It has to be. The more I thought about this, kind of in talking out with you, I think the process just. I mean, I absolutely love the kit. You know, I have an affinity for for what Guido has has done. And to put himself in a situation that he's not far out from like ripping off a couple more second place finishes and maybe stealing a win, that he could actually almost automatically qualify for this team. His 2020 was downright awful. Yes. It was really, really bad. But what he has done, I mean, um, I think if you look at from a, a again, recent form standpoint, his recent form is top eight of the guys that you'd qualify for the Ryder cup of, of everybody on this team. Um, you know, you'd see him, I guess, again, that probably puts in the last 12 weeks. Um, you yeah. know, he's had finishes where he went two consecutive second place finishes, um, you know, losing out in a playoff in one losing to burn Weisberger and the other and, and burned, I guess both people he lost to Richard Bland and burned will probably be in some sort of discussion. I don't think they, would get selected over a Justin Rose unless they do something yeah, magical. I don't think they've done enough. Yeah. But the most magical thing I think that that was done out of these type of contenders to me was what Guido did at Torrey Pines, right. which was that fourth place finish. You know, if you look at Guido's short game, I mean, uh, approach game, his irons pretty much since, you know, that, that tournament, the, the British masters have been unbelievable. He showed up at the, travelers travelers after he did that that top 10 um and got the automatic spot and he had i, I follow this kids every shot you know across <laughs> the world and he had as much of a ho-hum week as you can have and he was t13 um you know and for somebody you, you see kind of rolling it over it's not often you kind of see that form he should have made the cut of the open championship he bogeyed i think 17 um missed yeah. the cut on the number olympics were okay nothing nothing special but the real thing is grooming the back end of that team of McIntyre and Guido together um, well, being I, in Italy. Like that's right. Right. Cause I think, cause I think if, if you can, if he can continue to play this way, if he can get the experience now, he could be a big part or a much larger part of that team in a couple of years. Here are the three that I had written down. I don't know if it's going to be able to focus or not. It didn't, but I, I can guarantee you nailed uh, it. <laughs> come on. It's a very, oh, this camera. Uh, yeah, it was McIntyre, Guido, and Sergio. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Um, all right, so this leaves us. So here's here's the European squad. John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Hovland, Casey, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Poulter, Tommy, 
Sergio, Bobby Mack, and Guido rounds out the 12 picks for you, Sky. Now, now the question becomes, all right, the hard, you know, the hard work is done, but this is just phase one. Do you want to, do you want to try to pair these guys up and figure out the best way to, to go about this? Yeah, I think I'm very locked into my opening four. Um, So again, we mentioned our two leaders. I think sending out leaders early is very important. Um, And I think pairing them not with each other, but like to me, the best two players probably on the, on the USA side are JT and Spieth. And and I'm thinking the format, I'm thinking everything about in this world. So though that's the comparable of Rory Rahm to me, I'd rather separate them. Um, and kind of help them carry someone else that, that are with them because they can carry a, a match by themselves, you sure. know. So when, when our team's not as deep, I, I don't think you can you can play them um, together. So um, I, I probably think if I'm sending out my my, I guess first I don't know which one I would go out first because they both would be fine. <laughs> but they're both co-countrymen with each other. I think Rory and oh, Shane yeah. Lowry okay. um, would be would be someone now. You brought up good points regarding Lowry's recent driver. Um, I'm really into Rory for the FedEx playoffs. I think he found something a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, oh, somebody too. I trust a lot on the European tour side is Ben Coley, um, who is kind of kind of able to read the tea leaves, I think, a little bit better than a lot of us out there. And Ben Coley really thinks uh, Rory McIlroy has a, a large um, next couple of weeks ahead of him leading into the Ryder Cup. So I think Rory can do it in that driver I guess has been another really consistent part of the game. So him and, and Lowry together, and then I'm really, really fun uh, pair next. I'm excited for this one would be John Rahm. And I would, I would partner him up with Sergio Garcia. Um, That's that would be uh, both of these, uh, not yeah. only from a, 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 a fit kind of vibing together, but would be, would be very fun to see. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I love this. The Rom Sergio, just like, let's just light the world on fire. Like, like yep. I, I, I love, I love this. This is strong. And I think they would compliment, you know, specifically Rom and Sergio would compliment, I think a lot just because of Sergio's lack of a putter. Um, yeah. You know, having paired with Rom, I think would be strong. So that'd and be my Ra- first Rom sure. can summon Rom can summon that putter uh, in the biggest moments. Yep. I just, I, yeah, this is, this is good. So Rao of uh, Rory and Lowry, Rowler, Rowry, <laughs> if that's their team name, Rom and Sergio, uh, yes. we'll have to figure out one for <laughs> that. Okay. So that's our first, that's our first four. What else you got? So the next one, I'm, I love this duo too. And, and why I think he'd be a perfect pair. Again, we talked about silent assassins of Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. Let's bring the fire out of Hovland with Ian Poulter. Let's, let's get those two together. Let's get the short game paired up with, you know, that, that massive ball striking advantage. I think Poulter could do so well. Um, with Victor there, so that's be complementary sure. skill sets. And uh, man, these two guys could not be more different, which I kind of like in this situation, right? Yep. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if if Poulter can pull this out of Hoffman and Hoffman just starts fist pumping on everybody oh. and just like dunking on everybody? Oh my god, it'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. So those those six right there are extreme locks for me. I think okay. the remaining six could be a little bit interchangeable um, from, from some sense. I think the next one, again, if I'm imagining grooming, I'm imagining putting somebody who, you know, I love Guido. I love what he can do, but I, I'd imagine him not playing all that much. I think McIntyre can really make an impact on this team. So I'd be putting Paul Casey and McIntyre together in that pod right there. Um, and just having veteran presences with surrounding both of those guys. I think would be uh, really strong on that end. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool to be able to get a guy who, yeah, you, who not only you're trying to get for the future, but but also I always get nervous when they run like two first timers out there together, and both guys are deer in the headlights, and this is an opportunity to kind of match up, even Hovland as well with with a Poulter. I mean, it's just. Casey and Poulter, nothing is going to happen out there that is new to them. And when they can kind of lead the way uh, and be the shepherd for for those two first timers, I think it's something special. Yep. And I, I don't have any questions about any of those eight. You know, I think those, to me, I'm really, really hoping they do pick McIntyre. I think he has a, a live shot to be on this team. And I think, again, he, he fits the course as well as anybody who's on that fringe for a pick. So then that leaves the final four, which... You can kind of put these a little bit together. I think if you're looking at um, a Molly Wood type, if you think just kind of a 
Tita Green, a somebody who, you know, maybe the difference I think here is Fleetwood is always so positive, positive, positive. Mm -hmm. I don't really see him down on himself all that much on the golf course. I'd pair him with Hatton or yeah, Hatton and kind of have those two maybe <gasps> level each other out, you know, put their buddies up. too. And yeah. 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 They're, they're funny on their videos together. You know, like yeah. they, 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 I think would just do emotionally, hopefully cause, cause Molinar is I think pretty flat line, but they were able to bring it out. You know, time was able to bring it out a little bit of him more. Right. And then that, that, that leads me to the remaining two that I don't know, I guess Guido's had a trending short game that has been better than he ever had um, leading up to kind of what he did. So I think, you know, you put him with Fitzy, they're just, Overall, mm. kind of, uh, you can't say one skill set's better than like elite, but nothing is horrible in the sense that I think all they could just be all around players with each other. Um, so that would kind of be, and, and you groom Guido with you know uh, people that have been there and just have some some fun with that group. Guido and Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood and Terrell Hat, and Robert McIntyre and Paul Casey. Victor Hovland and Ian Poulter, which is by far my favorite. John Rahm and Sergio Garcia, and then Rory McIlroy with Shane Lowry. Those are the pairings, and you're That's a flexible, you're a flexible captain, Sky. You'll see uh, as the week goes on yes. uh, what needs to be updated. But let's let's be real. You know, you look up the odds. Your your team here are are the dogs. What like what what has to happen for for your path to success to widen out a little bit? Do we do we need one specific player uh who's an x factor to go kind of to kind of go, to kind of go nuclear and and be a big positive winner like what what happens for the european team to win this i think you got to get out early you know you can't find yourself in a hole and i think that's what day one and the 2018 was like a slap in the face for for the u.s if i remember correctly i want to see do you remember what that score was after day one uh i don't here. know but Let it was um, i think it was a slap in the face is probably a good way to, to describe that it might have not even been like an overwhelming like advantage it was just expected that the usa was just going to come in there and roll through and even if you're looking at at something that is near tied in points you know i think that just brought a little shake up so i would think the an x factor the one that keeps standing out along this lines and we said we love that pairing i, I think polter can once again play mm. that villain role the antagonizing role um and maybe get under the skin of i think if you think about what needs to happen almost on the other side is the guys don't get along you know you see those guys fighting the locker room issues happen once again um you know and i think that will just be brought out more and more by the European team being so excited to be there together. So here's, here's what happened in, in 2018. So the Americans in the morning four balls went up three to one and okay. it was like, all right, here, here we right? go. And then the afternoon, this is the big slap in the face. The euros won all four sessions okay. and they won yep. them three and two, four and two, five and four, five and four. Yep. And after the first day you're down five to three and you just got, waxed in yep. the afternoon and now you're looking around the locker room like uh wow how how have things changed in the last couple of hours it's amazing 100 100 percent. so i think you know starting out quickly with it and you know what it's two four balls right or i guess four balls and then four sums uh, on yes. the 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 friday mm -hmm. um so you send out and and maybe and this is where i was thinking i had like how do you get a team that maybe Bryson or Brooks don't play on. Okay. How does that, how does that happen? Like when Kyle was trying to pick it mm -hmm. and it's, if you came up and you told Brooks or Bryson right now, Hey, you're going to play one match. We'll see you on Sunday. You know, that's all you're going to get for the week. You might see those guys. There's what, what's the point, you know, why, why would I even show up if you're going to play me one match? And I think you could sit here and, and straight face tell guys on the European tour team, Hey, you're not going to see, see the course until Sunday, but we need you to be the best teammate for those first couple of days. And you might roll out that exact same pairs, you know, and you, that, that top four pairs, those first eight are strong. Yes. So I, I don't probably let, let anyone else see the course. Um, if you don't need to, you know, kind of early on. So I think that to me, I mean, if you see, cause that was Molinari Fleetwood, I see how much they switched it up. I mean, they went back and forth with in pods, but yeah, I just kind of roll with the, that really strong side of it and hope they can anchor it. Yeah, that's and and on on day two, which was Saturday, the the morning session, 
the Euros won three to one. So then they extend that extended them to eight to four. They split in the afternoon. So now you go to Sunday singles 10 six, which is which is a big deal. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a lot to come back from. And then when you just they lost uh, seven and a half, four and a half to the Amer or to the Europeans on Sunday, and it and it ends up looking like it just a just a bloodbath. Yep, mm-hmm. and I mean every single time the the Euro team is the underdog. You know, and it's like right. you tell yourself how how could the talent of the United States get beat? How could it? You know, every single time, and it seems like I feel more and more momentum as we get closer. Hey. I'd rather be betting on the underdog than, than trusting what the U.S. is going to roll out. So I think the camaraderie has to stay stay up and willing to kind of be a full team. And and you come out early and you hit them with the the big one-two punch of, of I guess, one, two, three, four punch to me, which is Roy, Rob, Hovland, and Casey. Those four, you know, you you need those guys picking up three points each. Oh, Yeah. All right. Well, we are a couple of weeks away from one, not only learning what the teams are, but two, then uh, seeing all of this in action. Uh, Sky, thank you so much for doing this. I, I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, of course, man. I got the juices flowing. I can't wait for it to come up here. So I'm excited. And so this is the thing, you know, why I, I got to thinking about Guido and what's coming. I've already, so Axis, you know, I've worked with forever. We're, we're diehard Guido fans. So we've already locked in our trip. We haven't bought the tickets yet, but we're going to be there in Rome for 2023. I told my wife, we're making this trip. We're locking it in. We haven't done our honeymoon yet because of everything going on. So we're doing three weeks in there, going to explore. And we just love Italy. So Rome, the Ryder Cup is definitely part of that. Schedule. I was going to say, once my wife hears this and hears that there's a golf tournament in Rome and there's a reason to get to Rome, like we might be joining you there yep. as well. Yep. It's that's cool. Um, Skyhook DFS on Twitter. Where else can people get more of you? Yeah. So every Monday, um, I'm with the Mayo Media Network doing a uh, preview of the European Tour events with Tom Jacobs. We do that. It's out Monday evenings um, and kind of goes through kind of our betting boards for the week um, on the European side and the DraftKings contest, which aren't that big. But it's kind of fun to learn more about these golfers as we see them growing through. So I have that show out every single Monday. Awesome. Well, thank you again for popping on. Follow Sky on Twitter. Again, it is uh, at SkyHookDFS. This has been 300 Yards to Unknown, and we'll catch you next time.